Good morning, Maranatha. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable, and it is time for Sunday Morning Alive right here on our website. We're glad that you've joined us once again today as we count uh, count time. We are counting down uh, years and months going by. And as you grow older, it seems that they grow by, go by very, very swiftly. Amen. I, some say that I should be in the twilight years of my life. And I guess maybe I am, uh, as we count time. But in my inward man, uh, the one who is eternal, I feel of, of vitality and I feel vigorous and I feel like preaching the gospel to the nations of the world. And I'm so glad to be right here with our physical congregation tuning in uh, here in Tampa, Florida, where this broadcast originates and where I have been a pastor, evangelist, president, director, the Holy Church of God Incorporated for 46 years and counting. Praise God. Amen. So today, wherever you are hearing this message, I believe in divine appointments. I believe God has brought us together around the Word of God today to be encouraged, to be inspired, to be instructed, to be corrected, if necessary. Amen. What, whatever it is, it is God's love reaching out to you and reaching out to me. Amen. So if you have your Bible, please turn with me to the book of Revelation chapter 5 verses 9 through 14. And we're going to talk about worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. Celebrating the sacrifice of Jesus. Celebrating the love of God today. You see, in the Old Testament, Jesus is the suffering servant, particularly of Isaiah 53 in the Old Testament. And He is the sacrifice lamb of the New Covenant. Amen. Worthy is the lamb. Our word worship comes from the ancient uh, word worth-ship. We worship Him because He is worthy. Hallelujah. Listen, in our worship, it's not just our words, the songs we choose, the, the posture, whether we raise our hands, whether we, we have tears in our eyes, whether we're bowed, uh, bowed down. But when we worship God, it is, it is not only our words or our posture or the type of music in particular, but it's the way we live our life. You know, the scripture said in Romans 12, before we read this, uh, talking about how to worship God acceptably, uh, because he says the only acceptable way to worship him is in spirit and in truth. And the truth is, there's a lot of people that sing the songs, but they don't walk out of church and live the life of worship. It's more than just songs that we sing. We show His worthiness by the way we live our life. That's why in Romans 12, uh, beginning with verse 1, the Apostle Paul said, I beseech you, brethren, 
by the mercies of God. You see, he wants them to see how worthy he is of their total commitment to him. Amen. And their devotion to him. So he says, I beseech you. See, stimulating them by the mercies of God. And where was that mercy portrayed? In its most beautiful and powerful and poignant way, it was upon the cross where in agony he stayed on the cross. Nails didn't hold him there. I want you to know that. He could have called the angels of heaven. That's why he told uh, the armies of heaven of whom he is the the Lord of hosts or the commander-in-chief of heaven's armies. And we see him returning with the armies of heaven following him, including us. Praise God. Amen. In the book of Revelation, uh, to rule and to reign forever. Make no mistake about it. Jesus said it clearly. No man takes my life from me. That doesn't mean he didn't give his life on the cross. It meant that man didn't take it. He laid it down of his own volition. And if he hadn't have, there would have been no salvation, no hope. The world eventually would be destroyed and we would be eternally damned. But I want you to know God loved the world enough to give his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. It was love for you and love for me that held him to the cross. That's why in Romans 12, it says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service that is translated in the actual Greek and in the connotation of the Greek, your true spiritual worship. Real worship doesn't begin when the song service starts and it doesn't stop when the song service ends. Understand it clearly today. Real worship it, it involves how we live all throughout the week and all throughout our life, whether our life represents a God that we deem worthy enough to dedicate our life to and to follow a Christ that we love enough, stimulated by His, His love for us at the cross, where it was demonstrated in its full force that we would value him enough to obey him, to be counterculture, to go against the wind, against the grain, to forget about political correctness and, and, and forget about trying to get the world to accept us because we deem him worthy of dedicating our life in full to. So this is what the scriptures say as we talk about the worthiness of Christ to follow, to dedicate to. Worthy is the Lamb today. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body. That means the whole of your being. This is the container of your soul and your spirit. It's the whole of us presented as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, your true spiritual worship or worship. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. And be no more, therefore, conformed to this world, 
That word conformed means like putty or, or clay pushed into a mold. Don't let the world push you into its mold. Amen. Hallelujah. Because of your devotion to Jesus, you say, no, take this whole world and give me Jesus. I won't turn back. I won't turn back. And I won't give in. And I will not conform to this world. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind <laughs> that you might prove or exemplify what is that good perfect and acceptable will of God. Hallelujah. Well, let's get into Revelation 5, 9 through 14. And I pray that you as a Christian will find him worthy of this kind of true worship today. Revelation 5, 9 through 14. It said, And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain, and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood. You see the mercies of God here. Thou hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred, tongue, and people, and nation, and has made us unto God kings and priests, and we shall reign on earth. And I beheld and heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beast and the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. Hallelujah. Saying with a loud voice, worthy, there it is again, is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches, and wisdom, and strength, and honor, and glory, and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven, and on the earth, and under the earth, and such are in the sea, and all that in that are in them, heard I saying, Blessed, and blessing, and honor, and glory, and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb for ever and ever. And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever. Praise God. Friend of mine, worthy is the lamb that was slain. There's no mightier nor sweeter revelation of Jesus as our Redeemer than sacrificed lamb. Because the lamb was the principal animal of sacrifice in the old covenant. Listen to Exodus twenty nine thirty eight through 42. It said, Now this is that which thou shalt offer upon the altar two lambs of the first year, day by day, continually. And one lamb thou shalt offer in the morning, and the other thou shalt offer at even. And with the one lamb a tenth deal of flour mingled with the fourth part of hen of beaten oil and the fourth part of hen of wine for drink offering. And the other lamb thou shalt offer at evening, and thou shalt do thereunto according to the meat offering of the morning, according to the drink offering thereof, for a sweet savor, an offering made by fire unto the Lord. This shall be a continual burnt offering throughout your generations at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation before the Lord, where I, where I will meet you and speak unto you. Hallelujah. You see, the inter innocence, friend, and the gentleness of the sacrificial lamb 
is featured in descriptions in the Old Testament. As a symbol, the sacrificed lamb prefigured the character and the suffering of the Lamb of God. All of the progressive revelation of ideas, and when I say progressive, I mean this ongoing, continual, this unfolding of the manifold grace of God. I'm not talking about the watered-down gospel and the and, and the polluted church world that has has tr- did their best to make the gospel uh, uh, please uh, politically correct and pleasing to the world and the culture. It will never be because it will always convict them of their sinfulness and their need for a savior. It will stimulate their conscience uh, to bring guilt and shame and, and and cause them to respond when the Holy Spirit comes to convict them of their sin and convince them of their need for a Savior and simultaneously point them to the sacrificed Lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ. So all of this ongoing revelation, the manifold grace of God uh, uh, surrounding the figure of the Lamb in the Old Testament sacrifice finds their total, complete fulfillment and expression in the Lamb of God. When John the Baptist encounters Jesus in the New Testament, he declares him to be the sacrificed lamb. In John 1, 29 and 36, listen. The next day, John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. And looking upon Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. Amen. Oh, friend of mine, that's what we need to do in order to make that deep, deep commitment to follow Him in absolute devotion because we see His worthiness. In in light of our worthlessness, without His sacrifice, we are are worthless. What gives us value is not our fame, it's not our talent, it's not our money, it's not all of these things the world clamors after. What gives us value, amen, is the fact that God would give His Son and Jesus as as. Our Savior became a sacrificed lamb, a sin offering. You see, today we are clean through the blood of Jesus Christ. Indeed, if the blood of Jesus does not cover my sin, I am eternally doomed, and so are you. What the Jewish sin offering taught by metaphor, that Jesus Christ fulfilled in perfect reality. The animal chosen for the sacrifice on all occasions was spotless, without blemish, and sinless. The innocent dying for the guilty. That is why Jesus is so deserving of our love and devotion. That is why Jesus Christ is worthy of our praise and our honor. Make no mistake about it. The cross was not a place of defeat. Satan did not prevail. (laughs) All that happened on that terrible day became part of God's salvation plan. The centerpiece of it, justice and mercy, kissed at the cross. The Lamb of God is worthy because He became our substitute 
taking away our sin. Look at Leviticus 3, 6 through 8. And if his offering for a sacrifice of peace, offering to the Lord, be of the flock, male or female, he shall offer it without blemish. If he offer a lamb for his offering, he shall offer it before the Lord. And he shall lay his hand upon the head, that's important, of his offering, and kill it before the tabernacle of the congregation. And Aaron's sons shall sprinkle the blood thereof round about the altar. There's great significance, friend, in laying his hand upon the head of the sacrificed lamb. Because it symbolized the transference of the offender's sin to the innocent sacrifice, the lamb. The person offering the sacrifice placed his hands upon the head of the animal while pressing down, confessed his sins, symbolizing a transference of sin and guilt from the offender to the innocent, the substitute victim. It's as if he put his sin and its consequences on the head of the animal that was to die in his place. The priest then took the knife and killed it, the victim that was entirely consumed by the, by the fire symbolizing God's judgment. It wasn't just God's acceptance. It was God's judgment upon that innocent lamb instead of that sinful person who offered it. You see, something happened so magnificent, so powerful at the cross, so personal at the cross. You know, if, if, we could, if, if we could imagine, imagine with me, as we read in Scripture, that if you were in the crowd that day, that stepped out of the crowd and carried His cross, and before you carried His cross, you put your hand on Jesus' head, pressed it down, confessed your sins. It wouldn't just be a sentimental story. It would be a bracingly, vivid, and intensely personal reality. We would be gripped by the stark reality that it was our sins upon His head that caused the stripes on His back. Our sins upon Him that caused such suffering at the cross. Isaiah 53, 6 and 7 said, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed. He was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before her shearers is dumb. So he openeth not his mouth. I love one translation. It said, We all, like sheep who've wandered off and gotten lost, we've all done our own thing, gone our own way, and God piled all our sins, everything we've ever done wrong, on Him. On Him. He was beaten. He was tortured. But He didn't say a word like a lamb taken to be slaughtered, and like a sheep being sheared, he took it all in silence. Oh, friend, the Lamb of God is worthy, deserving of our all because he took our punishment. You see, God has to punish sin. The soul that sins will surely die according to the Word of God. The wages of sin is death, 
declares the Bible. Sin deserves and demands justice by its very nature that it be punished. But God is holy, and because God is holy, sin absolutely must be punished. And we've all sinned according to the Word of God. Every one of us, we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And God, in an act of amazing grace, provided and accepted a substitute for sinners. For the Bible said that God loved us enough. In John 3.16, that, that great Scripture that is so full of the love of God, full of the grace of God, and full of revelation, of not just that He wants to save us, but He has provided a way to save us and still be holy and still be a God of justice. Hallelujah. For God so loved the world that He gave, not just gave Him to us to, uh, in a manger on Christmas Day to, to, to look upon this holy child and keep the focus on this holy child. Jesus didn't come to lay in a manger and evoke emotions of, oh, what a sweet, pure, innocent child. Jesus came into this fallen world to die for fallen humanity, that everyone who would believe on Him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. God made Jesus an offering for sin. He came to go to the cross. He came to take our punishment. He came to take our place. And He did it. He did it. There was no defeat in the cross, but great victory. And the fire of the wrath of God, amen, was satisfied with the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. The whole process of salvation is ascribed in the New Testament to the sacrificial death of Jesus. It's, a, it's upon the moment of death that the grounding of salvation is exclusively concentrated. Listen to what one uh, theologian says about this. He said, let me hear that Christ died in the stead of sinners, of whom I am chief, that he was forsaken of God during those fearful agonies because he had taken my place on his cross. I paid the penalty on his cross. I paid the penalty of my guilt. Let me hear that His blood cleanses from all sin, and that I may now appear before the bar of God, not only pardoned, but innocent. I was in effect crucified on Calvary, and He will in effect stand before the throne in my person and in my place. His the penalty, mine the sin. His the shame, mine the glory. His the thorns, mine the crown. His the merit, mine the reward. Verily, thou shalt answer for me, O Lord, my Redeemer. In thee do I put my trust. Let me never be confounded. That's why all heaven praises the Lamb, because of His worthiness. Amazing love, astounding sacrifice. He is worthy of our all today. 
not 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 our leftovers not this little uh little neat little sunday morning service where we pick up the bulletin we know what's going to happen it's going to we're going to read this little portion of scripture we're going to sing these two hymns uh, we're going to do this we're going to do that we're going to get out of church within a gnat's eyebrow of 12 o'clock we're going to go to the mall we're going to go to the movie we're going to go fishing we're going to go home watch tv take a nap eat a big meal listen and come back after a week of just living our life uh, as a reflection of the values of this old fallen world and we we are going to go into a church that has a sign out front that says Sunday morning if you go at all that says Sunday morning worship service and we many times don't understand that worship is not just what we do in the 12 minutes allotted to worship him it's what we do when we walk out of that building, having praised God corporately and, and collectively, having praised Him in unison, having sung the songs of Zion, amen, but walk out and serve the God of Zion. Hallelujah. Amen. I beseech you today, by these mercies I'm reading of, is He worthy? Is He worthy? Is he worthy? What, what, what part of our life displays his worth to the world about us? Is he worth turning down a promotion to be in his house and worship him? Is he worth uh, giving up some friends that you've been going out with and compromising and drinking with? Is he worth more than them? Does he deserve more of our heart? Does he deserve more of our life? Is our life representative of true spiritual worship? Or do we just get in an enthusiastic Sunday morning praise service and consider that to be all that is required of us or all that he deserves? You see, it's not just what he demands. It's what he deserves. If we give him what he deserves, dear friend, we're going to meet all of his demands for devotion, all his demands for true worship. Hallelujah. If we give him what he deserves, it's going to meet all that he demands. Because I'm going to tell you without apology, God demands our all. In the book of Revelation, he says, uh, says to, to, to the, the churches, uh, that I know thy works. Not just your words. I know your works. And God is not looking for our, our works to match our words. It's not enough to, to say or sing beautiful words of devotion. We must walk that out when we walk out into this old fallen world. Worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb that was slain. Two words that mark true worship because it's occurring in the presence of God in heaven and it will throughout all eternity. And those two words are holy and worthy. Holy and worthy. And today... 
I'm going to ask a very pointed question of every child of God. Listen, Jesus is coming soon. In fact, He's coming very soon. And right now, there is a call of God to commit to follow Christ, to get our values separated from the values of this old fallen world, to, to quit trying to be progressive in the sense of, oh, we're going to be able to, well, we're going to be able to give up some things, you know, that, that this, this idea of, of trying to live holy, you know, every, we all got to sin every day. Listen, we can't live sinless, but we can, we dare not live sinful. He deserves better than that. We thank God for grace. Thank God for the sufficiency of it. Thank God for the positional righteousness we have in Christ through His shed blood. But thank God, amen, for the personal righteousness that we can attain as we deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow Him. Is He worthy? Is He worthy to you today? And how are you and I showing His worthiness? I was bivocational for 12 years. I worked at a production plant and preached every single Sunday. Didn't miss, sometimes I had to, I had to jump in my car and rush and take off my suit and tie and put on a uniform and a, a hairnet and a beard net. <laughs> Amen. At this production plant, it involved foods. Listen. And I worked my shift, but I worshipped my God. And I was up for promotion several times, which would mean a, a significant raise, but a lot more time demanded of me uh, from my family and, and from my, my service of the Lord. I turned down every single one. God took care of me. Amen. But listen, because I put the kingdom first. You know why I put the kingdom first? Because the king of the kingdom was first in my heart and first in my life and a man who knew me well uh, actually he was a he was a deacon in a in a church uh, and and he he was called into the office and he was quizzed and he was asked and he told me this he said they asked me he said why doesn't rev why doesn't rev take that promotion he could do so much more for his family. He would get a substantial raise. And this man told him, said, well, you don't understand. He's dedicated to God. He's dedicated to the Lord. Uh, he, he loves his family, but his dedication to the Lord is why that he doesn't want to spend more time on the job. They, they didn't get it. They didn't understand a different value system from their own. And some of these people questioning why I didn't were people who actually sat on boards and elected pastors amen, and let them go. Uh, deacons in churches. Listen, I want you to know today worship is not simply singing songs that we like to sing or singing with a song leader. It's part 
of our worship of the Lord as we come together, but when we walk out in our personal walk with Christ, it's how we live our life. And I'm going to tell you, I believe it's time. If we're going to see souls come into the kingdom, it's going to be that different value system. Amen contrasted, juxtaposed over against the culture that is going to set us apart like a city set on a hill. It's just when you make those choices and I make those choices that our light really begins to shine in the darkness. Glory to God. I want, I don't want to be a phony Christian. I want to be the real deal. <laughs> Hallelujah. I remember one day, and I'm taking a little extra time on purpose today, but I remember it was, it was quitting time. I used to say, poor old rich people, they'll never know the joy of quitting time. <laughs> Amen. But we know it. I was coming down the steps from the break room to the time clock at the bottom because now I can clock out, and I stopped halfway down because I overheard a conversation between a man, it was on a Friday evening, and a man was inviting another man to go to church with him. And the other man was 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 saying, no, I'm not going to go. All they want is your money. They're only after money. And he was getting that from some of the terrible misrepresentations of Christianity uh, by, by really television preachers. Not all of them. There's some wonderful men of God on, on television. Thank God for television. But there's also abuses uh, that have really hurt the cause of Christ. Amen. Listen, because the values of that minister match the values of the world. Just get, get, get and grasp and gain ever getting, but never having enough. Oh, friend of mine, halfway down I was, and, and, and he could not defend what this man had saw, this misrepresentation, but he looked up at me and said, what about him? Because they know the choices that I've made in order to follow Jesus Christ. And he said, well, he is different. You see, we are called to be different. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're not called to reflect the world and its culture and system, but to reflect a kingdom that is not of this world. Praise God. We're in it, but thank God we're not of it. Can I hear an amen in this audience today? Take this whole world, but give me Jesus. I won't turn back. You don't have to, you don't have to try to stimulate my devotion to Christ by things. You know, I saw a sign the other day. It said, it said the things that are most important are not things. Amen. I love that song that said, turn your eyes on Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. Amen. Let's begin to behave what we believe, and let's exemplify His worthiness, and let's move out of the cut and dried 
just satisfy our flesh because we like the music here. We like the worship team there. We like the band here. It's all entertaining to us. Friend, there comes a time when it's not about us. It's about Him. Hallelujah. I get my greatest pleasure in worship when the worship is directed to Him. <laughs> that I may enter into a worship that glorifies Him and walk out of that church house into this old fallen world and live by a deep, devoted love for Christ above all else. Amen. People take notice that you are different. <laughs> Hallelujah. And you have a joy and a peace that all that the world promises can't give anyone, but Jesus can and Jesus will today. So I pray today as a Christian that you will consider His worth his value, that you will reassess what He has done for you at the cross. And you will cry out, Worthy is the Lamb. And you will live out, Worthy is the Lamb. Hallelujah. And if you don't know Jesus today, and you have seen the clamor for money, things, and power, and position, even out of many Christian leaders. You've seen them fail. You've seen them fall. I want you to know this Jesus is worthy of your commitment to Him. He's worthy of whatever it may cost you in terms of your friends forsaking you if you refuse to go party and commit sins that you know is going to put your soul in jeopardy and your family in jeopardy. Oh, friend, you'll never give up anything compared to what you will gain if you will come to Christ, confess your sins, devote your life to Him because He is indeed worthy in Jesus' name.